Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, Brock and I are going to be talking map switches, another roster change, and that's about it for news. Then we're going to... Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Jump into predictions as matches are finally back in a bit of a weird format. So if you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. If you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow, drop a five-star review. We appreciate all the support in the last video. You guys crushed it. It was uh, the best pod numbers-wise in quite some time. Lots of interaction in the comments. And to be honest, uh, this is where we'll start today, Brock, with your thoughts on this. But it was probably the least debate we've had in disagreement with our our tier list the only disagreement was people wanted selium in s tier and Mm -hmm. if i'm being honest if that's the only debate i'm not that upset because like like i was saying to those people that were commenting that you know selium s tier i'm not going to argue against you if you want to put them there yeah definitely you know a a or s usually s but you know since you know we had to put the toronto players in as since they won the tournament dominantly yeah it's I was like, you know what? If that's like the main debate, I don't really see any other debate amongst our, our tier list. I was like, you know, if the main debate is simply that, that people think Selium should be an S instead of A, it's not an outrageous one to me. If I was like, you know, if you put Selium in S tier, that's fair to me. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you. It's There's there's a lot of players like that. Mm-hmm. Some players you firmly believe should be in certain tiers, but some players are like, you know, if you put them one higher or one lower, I'm not going to argue. I would argue if you put Selium in B. But, yeah, then we're uh, pushing it. <laughs> yeah, if you put them in A or S, I'm not going to complain. There's like a couple players like from the first event, like uh, a guy like Kleenex kind of has to be in S tier if he's the MVP, you know, whatever, or like Scrappy played really well. Um, for the most part, you kind of know where guys have to have to get placed. But I was I was pleasantly surprised that there wasn't as much debate in, uh, in, that, in that comment section. Probably the least we ever had in a tier list video. Yeah. That means, you know, they agree with us, so we'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you guys crushed on the support, so we appreciate you. This episode mm-hmm. today probably going to be a lot shorter just because you know we're what on week two or three now of a break somehow (laughs) after major one so not a lot of news is coming out you know most of the roster uh shuffling that was happening is pretty much settled out except for you know one change that we'll talk about uh the maps we'll kind of talk about now that we officially know what maps are coming in and out and you know potentially more maps coming in uh so we'll talk about that and then we'll do our prediction so like i said probably gonna be a little bit shorter today especially compared to last week yep all right, let's talk about the roster move first before we talk about the maps. Illy dropped for Brezzy. It's a really weird roster move, not in the fact of the players getting switched, but like they like took out Illy, or like people have all said they're taking on Illy, but they haven't really like announced officially that Illy's been benched. Like they haven't tweeted anywhere that I've seen that like yeah, Illy's out of the line. They just kind of like <laughs> silent benched him. Yeah. Silent benched him, you know, for whatever the reason may be. Obviously, not in game because he's definitely carrying the team. Yeah, I mean, if it is in game, they're faded. (laughs) If it is, they're on the Papania. (laughs) Yeah, like uh, it it definitely shouldn't be. Uh, Yeah, definitely Mm -hmm. should not be. Yeah, you know, I like the pick up with Brezzy because he's a solid player. He's a team with uh, Abuza on the Oababobs, I think, team last year. Yeah, Yeah, that's a hard hard word to say. (laughs) Yeah, Brezzy is like a. 
he's like a player that to me has had like a what if career mm-hmm. because you know when you think about Brezzy, it's like you know obviously he's a french player one of like the og i mean obviously you've got um like gotaga is like the og og french player but Brezzy, a french player kind of starts to make his big time come up like he was playing a little bit earlier if i remember correctly but like his big time come up in my mind like when he was really popping off was bo4 he was a really good player mm-hmm. um and around champs time, he found himself on that uh, East Six team. I'm trying to remember the full roster. I know it was General Kismet, uh, Brezzy, God RX, and what was it? Let me said Diabolic. Was Diabolic on that team still? I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up uh, because I know it was God RX, Kismet, General Brezzy, and then there was one more, and it might have been Diabolic because he was like always seemed to be on those teams. Yeah. For service, I want, he was on it at the start of the event. I don't know if he made it to the end of the year. Now that I think about it more. Oh, was Mayhem maybe on it? Uh, mm. Trying to find it here quick, like really quickly. Tournament results here. Let's see if I can it, find the Black Ops 4 champs. I'm trying to think of, yeah. Those four you said, and then the fifth. I, I think it would be Dogbog because he ran the sub. Call of Duty World Championship 2019. It was Mayhem. Oh, I, really? I, I remember Mayhem playing pretty well at the tournament. Then he got the Toronto Ultra contract. Oh, yeah. Yeah, General, Kismet, Godrx, Brezzy, and Mayhem. Yeah, I'm pretty sure General was using the the ICR on that team. And then Kismet and... Was Kismet and Mayhem their subs? And Brezzy and Godrx, their Maddox? I can't remember. But I remember Brezzy at the tournament being, like, disgusting. Like, he had a really good chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, like... He was like, it was kind of like his breakout event. He was incredible. And it was like, okay, like Brezzy, this is a good player. He's going to get on a nice team, uh, especially being a French player with the Paris Legion being mm-hmm. a team in the first year. You're like, oh, that, that makes sense. If nobody's going to pick him up, Paris Legion will pick up like one of the top players in the world who happens to be French. And then lo and behold, Brezzy doesn't get a spot on a team now until what year five of the CDL. Yeah, he's so. been in the grind. <laughs> He's, he's finally getting his chance, so shout out to him for continuing to grind through challengers, because I'm sure that wasn't easy when you really felt like you should have gotten a spot, but his career to me is like a massive what-if, because he had played so well at that BO4 champs, he looked like a promising up-and-coming player, and then he obviously has to sit out of the Pro League for four-plus years, so unfortunate for him, but I'm excited to see him get his chance. Yeah, definitely, definitely for sure, and he's also on that uh, General Kismet uh, Havoc Texas Nation team. Yeah, they've won like a million events in Vanguard. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't get like a spot then too. Yeah, I mean, he's he's consistently shown since that BO4, especially that champs appearance where they got a fourth place finish on a team that was not expected to finish in the top four. Mm-hmm. Uh, that E6 team was like, yeah, they could make it out of groups, but they were definitely not expected to finish top four. They had had their ups and downs that year. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like you said, Texas Nation and Vanguard, just a couple of short uh, years later, that team was dominating for how many events in a row early in the game. Um and he, like you said, the Awababobs squad from last year was very good, and he, he teamed with um, Abuza there, so there's some chemistry. But, I mean, I think we both would agree that this roster, if it wasn't for the out-of-game stuff, which is the likely reason Ilya's bench, um, if this roster would be Brezzy in for Arsides, I'd be feeling, like, very excited. Yep. Mm-hmm. Move Abuza to the main, keep Ilya on a flex, and have Brezzy and... Um, Brezzy and Hook be your subs, have Brezzy pull out the third AR on the maps where that's necessary. And I would be feeling like incredible at this about this team because I like Brezzy a lot uh, mm-hmm. as a player. But with the Illy Bean drop thing, I understand it might be out of their control and it might be not a game thing that they had to do. Um, 
but I I would love this team if Illy was still remaining on it and Arceus was instead out. But we'll see how they do because I do like Brezzi a lot as a player. Yep. This just means, you know, we want to see more out of Alec. And if, you know, if he doesn't do it, they might make another change. And if Arceus is really going to need to step up too because, like, I know he has a very good reputation amongst pro players because obviously, like, he, he is a legend. There is no denying. I mean, he has numerous event wins across numerous titles over a long <laughs> career here. He has uh, two world championships. I mean, Regardless of whether you want to say his teams are incredible because you won them both with Simp and Ibiza, uh, he still won them. Like, you still mm-hmm. have to be a pretty good player to win a world championship. Um, hard thing to do, and especially when you do it twice. And also, he has another finals appearance at Champs. He's got three finals appearances. I almost, I'm missing one off the top of my head. And he's had some other finishes where he's been like top four. Uh, yeah. And been a very good player uh, for quite some time. Two rings is not an accident, but he's going to have to step it up here because now. He's going on a few years since being uh, on those good Atlanta phase teams. And then last year he was on the worst team in the league. And now uh, he's not on the worst team, but he's currently playing pretty poorly up to the standards we expect out of him. Yeah. So got to see more of him. Definitely. Uh, in order to keep that spot uh, lucky for him. Well, I guess not lucky for him, uh, but he's able to keep his spot this time. Uh, we'll see how that moves going, going forward. And like, we'll see if maybe Illy potentially gets some help with what's ever going on. If Illy makes his return, I would expect as long as Brezzi's playing well, Illy would probably come back for Arcides if they wanted to insert him back into the lineup. But who knows with all that's going on with him, he he may not be back this year. He may be back quickly. We don't we don't really know. Or maybe the team's going to play incredible with Brezzi and they won't need him to come back. Yeah, maybe. We'll have to see. Hopefully, Illy gets help he needs, though. Yeah, that would be good to see. Um, all right, then we've got some map set news. So Rio is in <clears> for <throat> S&D. It is replacing Skid Row there. And then it's in for hardpoint replacing terminal. Uh, overall, I think it replacing terminal is good. I, I actually enjoy playing terminal a little bit here and there and ranked play, but I would 100% get the decision to take it out. It was definitely probably the worst map, especially with the spawns being so weird for ranked players. Mm-hmm. Okay, but for CDL, um, I completely understand why they take it out. Yeah, I will say I think they should have taken out terminal S and D as well instead of Skid Row. Uh huh. Yeah, I actually kind of like Skid Row S and D. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's like incredible, but I think it's. I, I think Terminal was the worst S and D map, unless I'm really like missing one off the top of my head. But Terminal S and D is, is not good. Yeah, no bueno. Especially, especially with the it, lack of smokes pros can use. Yeah, lack of smokes pros use, and they can just send the plane, and kind of hard, you know, get in the plane at that point. I mean, yeah, breaking into plane is nearly impossible because somebody's either sitting on like the back chair, heady, and then somebody's watching, so nobody can get into back plane. So you basically have to like chal into a god heady without having a heady of your own in order to get into plane or you yeah. have to basically just run at a god heady above eskies somehow to like break into that site and it's just like a lot of stalemates it's just not a good viewing or playing experience whereas skid row was a little bit tough to break into sites but at least you could like make some plays and make some moves yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. i should say I uh i should say uh it's it was impossible for, you know for the pro level to get into plane you know, maybe rank plays a little different <laughs> Yeah, it might be a little different because people don't have as clean of setups. But like when you've got yeah, like some of these pro main ARs holding a holding a heady on the back back seat to the plane, it's pretty much impossible to break into there. Like you don't see teams going A very much at all because you literally just have to run through like the little connector to get into the plane. That's like the only way to break in. Yep. Is like I don't know what pro team, especially if all players are alive, are allowing you to run up middle and just run up the little like orange the ramp into the plane. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> no pro teams letting you do that. And I guess maybe you could somehow find a god lane to sneak through to get to back plane and climb up. But also at the same time there, you have to like damn near 
break a bunch of glass just to get out there <clears throat> so they're going to hear it like it's mm-hmm. it's not a good map on the pro level and it sounds like a lot of teams wanted it out but it sounds like maybe some of the bad teams kept it in because they thought it was more of a 50 50 map yeah even going like a by the eskies when he's on the heady like that oh it's impossible to kill him off the heady yeah, as well it's, it's not a good search map i, I can't believe it's left in over skid row i i, did, I don't actually think skid row is very good but i think mm-hmm. it was better than terminal yeah basically for terminal like Someone has to just mess up or world star some kid to get into a site. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the side of Rio, though, like I've played it very limited. I've only played Rio S&D like once, maybe in ranked. Uh, and I've played Rio Hardpoint probably now like three, four times. Uh, I certainly think it's an improvement in both. Like I, I like it has a lot of aspects. It is a little bit smaller, it feels. But I actually enjoy that, especially for Hardpoint. It seems like there's a little more engagements. I also like it, the fact that uh, it is a map where you could use two subs pretty much at all times potentially three on some hills i even mm-hmm. heard a blank like Haggy believes that some hills you might even want to use four subs because they're so close quarters obviously like the p2 and p4 that are over on that long street you're definitely going to need some ars because it's it's a long cross to hold definitely going to want some ars on those hills for sure but like that mixy p5 no p3 in that little bottom room below the stairs yeah yep that room, like SMGs, are definitely a big benefit because everything's like a little close range gunfight. Like you're sliding in, like SMGs are a huge benefit there. Um, even in like the P5, you can get like top ridge and kind of roam around up there with the sub. Even in P1, it's a lot of close quarters. Like subs are viable. Like you're going to be seeing probably two, if not three, on that map at times. So I like that. Get some maps in here where subs can be utilized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I put that map a little bit as well, but that map reminds me of. Black Ops 4 a freaking you know in a way. I get what you're saying too. Um I definitely can get that vibe a little bit from it as well. Um not obviously like completely, but I can see where that thought comes from because it is a little bit of a smaller map, uh, especially in comparison to some of the maps we have now. Yeah, the two long outside lanes and stuff. Well, and sometimes like some of the maps too seem to have like like some of our maps in in the current set uh, in recent years seem to have like so much just useless space mm-hmm. on the ends like in the spawns that's like if you could just shave all this off to like kill off all these spawn points they would play so much better but we're just left with these giant areas of the map that are just useless and just cause it to be way too big yeah yep and i know me and you both we prefer the mixy smaller maps engagements like 100 engagements and stuff like that yeah uh and speaking of you know bo4 maps um I've heard, I think it's Vista. I can't remember if it's Vista or Departure. Somebody would have to correct me, but I heard one of them. People were saying plays a lot or like reminds them a lot of Seaside from BO4. Ooh. We were huge fans of playing Seaside. Uh-huh. These are the two apps I want to talk about. This is just like, once again, just complete mismanagement by the CDL. Have you heard basically the story on why these maps aren't being played? Yeah, because it said like they don't have enough time to put them in or something. <laughs> well, their, their deadline apparently, like I think Clay was the one that said this. Uh, their deadline for like making map pool changes was like the night before the season two update came out. So the pros couldn't technically test these maps because they weren't out. So they aren't just going to blindly submit a change like we need these two maps in without mm-hmm. having played them. But there was still like a week or two like break between when the CDL started. So they could have easily let them have like three days post season two update, have like three full days of scrims. Yeah, on the two maps and in all three game modes, and then had them come to them and tell them like what's good because it sounds like both these maps at a minimum could be played for both 
hard point and S and D and would both be like improvements over any map we have right now. Mm-hmm. So that would have been an incredible improvement for the game if both these maps would have came in, replaced at least hard point and S and D, if not control, and we would have had been able to take out like two of the bad maps. Like for sure, terminal S and D could have came out. Yeah. And like these maps that are supposedly a lot better could have been implemented, but no, apparently we had to have it in before the maps came out, which makes zero sense. You know, especially knowing the COD pros are never going to blindly put a map in. Yeah, that I just makes zero sense, man. It yeah, it's just stupid. I, I it makes like you said zero sense. I don't know why it's not uh, an adjustment that they can make where they get like two or three days to scrim them and then put them in. Like, yeah, apparently I haven't been able to play any of them or like because I don't have like Steam scrims, obviously, but. Apparently they both play very well and like would easily make it into the map set for at least a game mode. Yeah, dang. I, like, can they make an exception? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you, you would. You would hope, but it's the CDL, so that requires work, and they won't make that exception. Yeah. <laughs> the less work, the better. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, that's all we had for news. Just want to talk about those maps and that Brezzy roster change that came in um let's jump into predictions that's all we've got for the pod today so these will probably take another 10 15 20 minutes and we'll get you guys out of here in probably like 30 40 minutes um which speaking of these predictions brock i know we we mentioned this quick before we just like hit record on the pod but i was like mind blown like when i was doing the the list of matches for the weekend so i could like have them all in order and we could make our predictions i was like really confused i'm like am i missing something here why is there two matches on friday and usually there's like four on saturday mm-hmm. and, and three on friday and then usually back to three on Sunday. And I was like, am I missing something? Like, why is it two and three? Like, why is there only three matches Saturday? Why is there two Friday? I was super confused. Apparently, it's because we have five weeks instead of four in this split. So we used to have three weeks. Now we have uh, four this year. And now this week or this split, we have five. Uh, and they're just like putting less and less matches per day, I guess. it. Uh, it I'm really confused why we need five weeks of qualifiers. Like, we just want to see another tournament. Damn. Five weeks, a whole month, a week, basically. Yeah, just of qualifiers, but there's only two ma- uh, two matches on Friday. I'm, I'm very confused mm-hmm. and why we're adding the extra week and just lowering things down so much after this extended break. But yeah, I mean, I, so I, I wasn't wrong, but for the longest time, I thought I was like looking at the wrong thing or missing something or they had some error because I was like, why is there only two matches Friday? Yeah, I can assure you if we have like five four matches a day, five matches a day, the fans will not complain. No. Forget um, the other week. <laughs> yeah. No, people will not complain. Yeah. Um, let's jump into predictions, though. Uh, we were kind of looking at the the matches for this weekend and thinking, you know, it's looking like in almost every match, maybe not like one or two of them, there is like a pretty, I would consider, heavy favorite or like a pretty clear favorite. Like, you know, we always get weeks where like sometimes there's like a toss-up matchup but i would say like when i just really quickly eyeball each match there's probably all but one match where there is like a definite this team is the favorite not saying they're gonna like guarantee to win but there's maybe all but one match where there's definitely like a clear favorite that would be like the betting odds favorite one of them i think would be more of like a push other than that i think seven of the eight matches this weekend are like a clear betting odds favorite yeah for the most part, yeah. <laughs> and if you look at the matches, anybody that's listening or not, if you look at the matches that are uh, up on the screen or if you're looking at the matches yourself, you would know exactly what match we're talking about. Uh, that's the LAG versus Las Vegas Legion match on Sunday. That's probably the one toss-up match that would be like close odds. 
every other one uh, has a pretty clear favorite. I wonder if Brock and I will pick any upsets, but as we go through, we'll kind of mention who the clear favorite is and, and we'll talk about it, but I'm excited to predict these. So obviously I ended up winning our major one, uh, our major one predictions, as we talked about before, it was pretty much due to a massive week three for me, mm-hmm. uh, where I did really well in the week three predictions. I ended up beating you 40 to 35 in our score. For those of you that are wondering how we do our score, uh, we pick our match, we pick the series count, and we put either one or two points on it. If we put two points on and it's correct, we get the two plus two, or we lose two, so it's kind of like a wager. Um, and then if we get the correct map count right, it's a bonus point. And there's one match per week we can put four points on. Um, once again, for this first week, we can put four points on the same match just because there's no... Actually, no, you have the advantage. Never mind. Since I won major one, you have the advantage. You get the, the first match to pick. Okay. Uh, putting four points on. So see if Brock can, can tie up the series or if I'm going to go up 2-0 with a chance to put him away right away in a, in a 3-0 sweep. Ooh. All right. Mm. We jump into these matches. We got a, you know, as much as I say there's like clear favorites, there are a lot of matches this weekend that intrigue me like big time. And this first one is definitely one of them. It's mm-hmm. Miami versus Toronto. We obviously know Toronto is the clear favorite. They are easily the best team in the game right now. They're the favorite against anybody they play. But Miami's intriguing because they're significantly like clear weak link. In Journey, who was really struggling over the past few matches, uh, is now out. And Eric Boom, who we've heard a lot about and we've heard is very talented, is in. And this team has already looked very good at times. So Miami, mm-hmm. a lot of upset potential here. But obviously Toronto, our current best team in the game. Uh-huh. All right. I'll go first. I'm going to go out. You know, I'm putting a far point on this one. Okay. And I'm going to give you know Toronto. They don't come out the best. They lose map one the hard point. They wake up a little bit, you know, went three straight off. Three to one. Before I put my, my four points on it as well. Okay, that's interesting. You get your four points out of the way. That means I can brainstorm because there's another Toronto match and there's an Atlanta phase match. Also an optic match. Usually, obviously, you like to put your, your four points on like the big time teams, uh, yeah. like heavy hitters when they're playing a, a lower team, which obviously for you, you know, Miami's not like a slouch team, but it is Toronto. You, you got a lot of faith in Toronto. I will say, I'm not terribly upset you put your four points on that because i don't know if i would have used it on this because sometimes teams come out and have like a little bit of a slump remember was that last year when like every team that would win an event would come out and go to losers the next one yeah i'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah i yep, yep. What you say? i say because last year uh new york uh Subliners won the major one then the next year they uh, got top 12 yeah, it's like i think it was like yeah it was last year where it was like every time you'd win an event they would like suck in qualifiers in the next in the next uh, stage. It was like really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I think exactly the same. I think Miami, I think Miami's going to take a map. I'm not exactly sure where, but I think Eric boom will make them improve a little bit, but I think Toronto is still too much. I'm a little scared. It could be a trap match just because like, like we said, teams sometimes struggle. Yeah. Uh, coming out of a major win. So I'm a little scared. Maybe Miami can catch them off guard and, and take them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm going to agree with the Toronto three. We'll yeah. put two points on it. I like it. I'm just kind of worried that, you know, Toronto comes up, overlooks Miami, and then Miami's 3 0s them. The only reason I would say they might not overlook them is because, like, they're playing Minnesota later in the week. It's, if they were playing, like, an Optic or a Phase, a match that they might, like, be really extra motivated to win, mm-hmm. I would say probably not. Uh, like, I would say probably, they or they might overlook it 
if they're playing like one of those top teams later in the week, but since they're playing Minnesota, who did have a good showing at the major, but Toronto doesn't look at them like a optic, like a match they're really looking forward to as much. So I don't think they'll overlook them, but you never know. We've seen weirder things happen. My, and Miami's not a bad team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're also going to yeah. be motivated to come out after an 0 and 6 performance at the major. Yeah. They're going to show them how they are, you know, what they're about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll go first for this next match. I actually consider putting my four on this one because I feel pretty confident in it. Uh, I'm going to go with an NYSL 3-0. And this is NYSL versus Carolina Royal Ravens. I'm going with an NYSL 3-0. I'm only going to put the two points on it. Considered four, but I think this series is setting up perfectly for NYSL to come out and have a dominant performance. I think Carolina, while they showed flashes and probably should have went at least a round further, they blew their last series they ended up getting eliminated on. Um, mm-hmm. Well, they've looked very good on that land performance. Fellow has been really bad online. TJ wasn't all that great online either. This team overall has not been that good online. And I think New York has a lot to prove, obviously. Um, you don't believe, I don't believe that they're a last place finishing team. Yeah. Uh, I think they have a lot to prove. I think they're going to come out with some fire and win 3 0. I like it. I'm going to go similar to you for the most part. You know, I think NMSL wins all the respawns. Okay, and uh, Carolina Royal Ravens win uh win one search stuff win one search so three three one NYSL putting two points on it. Yes. All right, and for some reason that concludes our matches for Friday. It feels weird that we're only picking two, <laughs> matches and we're done with Friday. Friday. <laughs> but, yeah, we're on to Saturday where we're also short a match from normal. We have three, uh, still three series. Obviously, the the first day Toronto and NYSL would definitely be our betting favorites today. We've got three matches, Boston-Carolina, where Boston would, I would assume, be our betting favorite. Maybe not with the fact that they made a roster change and, and Carolina looked technically better on the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Faye's the favorite over Miami, and then NYSL, especially with the roster change, I would assume the favorite over Seattle. So another day where we probably have three pretty clear betting odds favorites, but some potential upsets in the cards. Uh, today, you think there's going to be an upset in that first match on, on the Saturday, Boston versus Carolina Royal Ravens? Uh this is tough for Carolina to play the last match and first match next day. Yeah, they always do that cheese the Friday into Saturday. I think Boston gets a, a better with the addition of Asim. And I'm gonna, but I do think it'll be a great match overall. I do think you know Boston might struggle a bit since they are bringing in a new player in Asim. So I'm going to go a Game 5 Boston, 3-2, and I'll put one point on it. Okay. I also agree that uh, it could be a better series. I don't think Carolina's going to get two maps, though. I really like Asim as a pickup as well. Obviously, I love Capsidal. Mm-hmm. The that he got dropped, I think he's a really good player. I think Carolina's going to take a map here. I think it's going to be one of the, the first two respawns, either the, the hard point or the control. But I think Boston's going to close them out 3-1 in that, in that map for hard point. I'm putting two points on it, uh, and I'm ready for the classic that like it seems like half the league has posted. You already know we're getting the you drop this ASIM meme. Yep. Technically, he played for London Royal Ravens, played for this Royal Ravens org, and everybody that always picks up ASIM, and then he goes and beats his former org, loves to post the you drop this meme mm-hmm. of him. Uh, and ASIM, I, I could be completely lying here. His record against his former team in the first series he plays them might actually not be that good, but it, it seems like every time in the CDL era when he gets dropped, and gets to play his former team. It seems like he always beats them. Yeah. I, th- I think that is a, a theme, too. 
yeah, you, typically when you're the guy that gets dropped, it maybe doesn't carry over as much like year to year. Usually it's within the same year. If you get like dropped from a team then picked up, you usually beat them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, both wait and uh, see. I feel pretty good about them winning. I also think Boston is a better team. I think Asim's going to improve them a lot. Yep. Fully agree with that. All right. Then we've got Atlanta first Miami. Oh, man. I'm thinking about putting my four points on this. I'm not going to. I actually have a weird feeling. I know I picked Miami to kind of lose 3 1 to Toronto up there. I have like a weird feeling Miami's going to force a game five in this one. I'm putting two points on it again. I'm going two points on everything this week, apparently. <laughs> picking Atlanta 3 2. I have like this weird feeling Miami's going to come out a little bit hot and take. Uh, the map one, be really motivated. I think FaZe will bounce back, take the search. Then I think uh, Miami is going to sneak a control, which is tough to do off FaZe in general. Uh, sim teams have always been very good at control. And then I think Atlanta's going to win two straight to close it out, 3-2, putting two points on it. Ooh, I like it. Man, this is a tough week for Miami when they're bringing yeah. in a new player. <laughs> Toronto yeah, and Atlanta. Coming off an 0-6, you need a bounce back, you're bringing in a new player, and you get to face the two best teams in the league. Fun start. Yeah, yeah, Eric Boone might have a tough time with these sub players. Yeah, let's we should we should like make a mental note to uh not judge Eric Boom too hard if he has a tough week, but if he has a good week, we should probably be gassing him up. Yeah, definitely. Man, I'm gonna give him the same scores I did against Toronto. But this time I think they're gonna win the control. Okay. You're going Atlanta three one. Three one, two points. Yeah, brutal week. If I mean if Miami comes out of this week one and one. I'd consider that a ringing endorsement of the new roster change in a very good week. Yeah, definitely. This. You, literally, if you're Miami, it sounds weird. Obviously, Miami in their head, their camp, their goal is two and zero this week. Obviously, you can't go into a week praying that you're able to win one of your two matches. You go in expecting and trying to win both, no doubt. But I mean, if you're Miami and at the end of this weekend you come out and your record for the stage is one and one, you're feeling pretty good. You're like, okay, we survived playing the two best teams in the league. We're one and one. Okay, we're feeling all right. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, all right, our final match of the day. I, you know, like we said, if this roster change was done, what should technically be done based on in-game stuff? I'd feel really excited about this matchup. I am still very excited to see Brezzy play. Uh, so I'm excited for this NYSL versus Seattle matchup. Uh, it's the French matchup. Brezzy mm-hmm. versus Hydra. That's right. So watch that. NYSL Seattle. I once again think NYSL is going to come out and um, look really good this week. I think they're going to look very good just bouncing back. However, I think even though I don't have as much faith in this roster since Illy's not on anymore, I think Seattle could look really rough and I think this could be a super fast 3-0. Something tells me I think Brezzy's going to come out. He's misplaying the CDL. I think he's going to have a really good series. Uh, I do think NYSL is still going to take it 3-2. I'm only going to put one point on this one because um, I think Brezzy is going to have a really nice debut series. However, I just think uh, New York is going to be out with a vengeance this week, trying to make up for their their major one loss. And <clears throat> I think Seattle, obviously, in-game-wise, made an incorrect roster move. I think it's going to cost them, and, and they're going to lose 3-2 here. Yep. I like it. Oh, man, I'm, t- I'm torn on this one. I think like I, I, like I want to go opposite. <laughs> You think? I mean, it's we th- we said before we predicted we might pick all the same teams this week. It might just come down to the confidence points you put on it and map counts that separates yeah. it because it's it's pretty chalk week this week. But I don't, if you went with it, you would look good if you pick it right because a lot of people really think the Seattle team is going to take a big step back. Like a lot of people are predicting this roster change to be like catastrophic for them, keeping uh, our season dropping. Who Illy, who's been their best player, 
Mm-hmm. So if you pick Seattle, I, I'm sure you would definitely be against the majority of the community. So you're going to look like a genius if it's right. I'm going for it. I'm putting all my chips on the table, in the middle of the table, and bet on Alec this weekend. Oh, this, yeah? For this game. A bold. Uh-huh. We're going 3-2. Close close games all around. But I do think Brezzy, you know, has what? I think he's going to drop 8 or 9 in the final search and win it. Okay. Round 10. Putting one or two on that. I'll put two points. Okay. Go bold. Bold for Seattle. I like it. That would that'd be that'll be a, a swing because we might not pick any other matches different. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Then we got LAG versus Las Vegas Legion. LAG obviously coming in with the same roster. A lot a lot of people, including probably us, thought that they would be one of the teams preseason. We thought they'd be one of the teams that would be changing after Major One if, <clears> if their <throat> org allowed them to change. Um, but they put in a pretty good performance, finishing top six, and they had a very legit chance to beat Minnesota and go to top four. Uh, at major one, so they're mm-hmm. obviously sticking with it. Vegas making a very weird roster change. They pick up a player in Geo who looks very good. Don't get me wrong, Geo looks like a very good player. Definitely deserves a shot, but um, in, instead of having uh, him come in for Purge, which everybody expected, he's subbing in for Standy, mm-hmm. uh, and Purge is moving to an SMG. It sounds like so they took Ooh. statistically the worst player in the league and said play an even harder role. Yep. He's going to struggle. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I really like the Geo pickup, though. I think Geo, I think this kid's got a lot of talent. I, I like it as a pickup. Mm-hmm. I don't really know too much about him, but I've heard only pretty good things overall. It just, it, it's a very confusing move because I, I'm going to assume either middle of the qualifiers in this stage or post-major two, they're going to be looking for an SMG. And they had a pretty good one on their team in Standy. Like this roster to me feels like if it was a Tatch on the main Geo on the flex um, with Standy as like your third AR slash obviously second SMG in a normal game. Uh, and then Nero, like I would feel really good about this roster. But the fact that we're moving Purge to a sub and picking up Geo, I, I don't feel as good. Obviously, there had to be a lot of internal issues with Standy or something, but it, the move just makes no sense. Yeah, uh, I might hinder uh, Nero's play too. Yeah, without having a, a player like Standy that you can trust to kind of go in with you, get your trade, um, mm-hmm. pick up kills, Purge might struggle with that. If you struggle with an AR, I can't imagine it's going to get much better with a sub. Yeah. With that being said, I am picking LAG 3-1. They take the search because Dylan attached price is, you know, pretty icy. Yeah, yeah. I'll put two points on it. <laughs> as much as I just bashed Vegas simply because... I want to go for the toss-up. This is like the one real toss-up match we have. I'm picking Vegas 3-2. They haven't been that good at closing out searches, but they're going to do it this time. They're not going to get reversed up like they always do. They're going to close it out 3-2. I'm putting two points on it to counter you. Uh, I don't feel good about it, but I also at the same time think LAG could have had a little bit of a fluky major one. I think they could have been like a team that maybe understood the game quick, and that's why they were able to beat some teams. We see a lot of teams like that every year. Mm-hmm. Or we don't think they're going to be very good. Then all of a sudden, the first tournament of the year, they actually end up looking pretty good because they're maybe a little bit of a head. And then the talent kind of catches up to them because we saw that a lot with LAG. When they were playing perfect, clean, they looked really good. They could win maps. But like you saw at points in the weekend where like the talent diff just kind of hit them. Yeah. And they weren't able to keep up. I'm mostly picking Vegas because I think this series is a true toss up and I want to go opposite of you. <laughs> yeah. That's I a def- large reason why I'm picking them. But mm-hmm. I. I I feel that they could win this. I'm not going to be shocked by either result in this series as much as I just bashed Vegas for their move. 
Yep. <laughs> I also think Geo's going to have a really good debut. I think the kid's really good, and he's not playing the best team, like, slaying in pure, like, mechanical skill talent-wise. So I think Geo's going to put up some pretty good numbers this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I guess we'll, we'll see on uh, Sunday. Well, three matches only. Yeah, three matches here on Sunday. <laughs> uh, I think that's normal. I think we no- don't we normally go three four three. I think. Yeah. Um. So this is the only day that like stays technically normal. Second match is the the Battle of the North though. Toronto uh-huh. versus Minnesota. Honestly, turns out to be a pretty good match because Minnesota looked pretty good uh, mm-hmm. on Major One, especially above where people thought they would. I'm curious to think what your thoughts are on Minnesota, though, because like for me, I'm kind of feeling like they might come out a little cold this split. They only get to play one match, and it's against Toronto, so it's obviously very tough for the week one. I'm yeah. thinking they could come out a little cold. I'm going to quick, while you're making your prediction, go pull up their schedule yeah. for this split. I'm thinking they could come out, they might come out a little cold, but at the same time, also, like they looked really good in their final three online matches and land. major one, so like they 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 could come out fine. Yeah. Well, let's hopefully they don't come out like last major because otherwise they're going to lose. <laughs> Their schedule's brutal. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think they're, I think they'll come out a little, a little shaky at first and it's plus it's been their only match of the, of the weekend. It could be, it's going to be tough sometimes. Yeah. And they're playing the best team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just hoping for a, a big lake returns to, you know, his somewhat normal form. Yeah. And if he does that, this could be it. Could be you know a, pr- a pretty good match here, but in the end, I'm taking Toronto. I'll, I'll go three one. I will put two points on it. Just you know, team diff. You know, talent diff for the most yeah. part. I'm going Toronto three zero on this one. Putting two points on it. Agreeing with your two points, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say three zero. Uh, I just feel like Minnesota might come out a little bit shakier. Then they they've won so many matches in a row. Kind of um, obviously they lost a couple on LAN mm-hmm. to get eliminated, but they won so many matches in a row online. And they won to start the LAN, and then um, they looked overall pretty good in Major One, finishing fourth. Toronto, I, I'm still scared of the potential hangover from winning an event. Sometimes they don't play as well right away in the next split, but I'm going to trust that this team's going to keep their foot in the gas. However, when I looked at Minnesota's um, schedule, that big wake or whoever struggling roster change. Uh, could come quicker than you think because they got Toronto this week. Then next Friday, they play Optic. And then on that same Sunday, they play Boston, who could be looking really good, like they're a decent team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next weekend after that, on Friday, they play FaZe. Uh, and then Ooh. they get LAT, so a, a nice match there. And then they round out uh, the matches there with Surge and Heretics. Okay, it could be definitely a tough stage. God, then I looked, I just accidentally saw their first two matches the next stage, and they get New York in phase. <laughs> Jeez. So, <laughs> they're, in one, they're in for one. <laughs> yeah, they, they have a tough start to their schedule. I mean, they're they're staring down the barrel of a potential 0-2 right away playing Optic in phase. Um, mm-hmm. So Minnesota, if they could somehow pull off a win in this battle of the North, it'd be huge for them, but I just don't think they can be able to get it done. Toronto is just too good right now. Yeah. Too good at the moment. I guess this is anticlimactic, but it means I have to use, I, I was thinking about using my four on that match for Toronto, but I think uh, I'm going to end up saving it here. I'm picking optic to beat LAT in our final match three to one. Uh, and I am putting my four points on it. I, 
We've got a lot of people down in our comment section that were arguing about Optic. I still feel like the first weekend for Optic was overall positive. Are there concerns? 100%. Absolutely, there are concerns. There are basically concerns for every team that isn't named Toronto Ultra right now in some way. Yep. Obviously, if you're talking phase, like just talking our top teams, if you're talking phase, uh, it's the fact that once again, they can't close out a tournament. They are like a, basically a walking ticket to finals at every tournament they play. They pretty much find themselves there every time but they still have a below 500 record with the core three. Mm-hmm. They can't close out tournaments. That's the clear and obvious concern for phase. Um, for Optic, the clear and obvious concern is their search and destroy. Their hardpoint overall looks very good. They're one of the best hardpoint teams. Their control looks pretty good for the most part um, and looks like they have a lot to build off there. Their search and destroy, they really struggle. However, they have a lot of round 11 losses, which you can't just brush them off and be like, they're round 11 whatever. That's obviously a concern if you're consistently losing those. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, you know, we have people saying that individually, like Kenny team struggle in search a lot, but like these are players like Pred always puts up numbers in search and I trust that he can do it. Shotzi tends to make a lot of plays in search. Hasn't been happening for him too much this year, but he tends to make a lot of plays typically as the year goes on. Uh, I still trust in a player like Dashi and a player like Kenny to be good search players. Like there are the tools here. This team could figure it out. They have a good coaching staff, good analysts. Like I, I think this team could definitely figure things out. Um, and, and get on board and search. That's obviously the main concern with them. Then, I mean, we're not going to go on the list and say concerns with every team, but New York, it's obvious. I mean, you get double first rounder, there's concern there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But like every team has their concerns. Uh, we have people that are ready to just like say, this is going to be a terrible year for Optic because they, they struggled in search for one event. Now, let's say the trend continues this entire split online and into land. They just still are struggling mightily in search and can't win any. Sure, the level of concern continues to grow, but. When their respawn looks this good, I'm never going to be fully like, oh my God, Optic's chalked for the year. Like We have people making it sound like uh, they're not going to be able to win an event this year. Uh, yeah. Do I think they're for sure going to win an event? Absolutely not. I mean, it's tough to win events. But I, I definitely think that they're, to me, still like far and away clearly the third best team in the game. Mm-hmm. Seems yep. like most of the community agrees with that. I mean, our boy PD seemed to be putting New York ahead of them, which... Could New York be better than by the end of the split? Sure, I would not be surprised. But absolutely, Optic is clearly ahead of New York right now. Uh, they're yep. the third best team in the game. And it's it's funny because it's a clear gap. Toronto, clear one. Phase is a clear two. And Optic's a clear three. And then after that, it gets all muddled. Yeah. I, I find it funny how, you know, the, the fans, you know, if Optic does bad, they p- place top three, which is, you know, pretty good for where they're at. If they don't win it, they're like, oh, oh this team needs to change. Blah, yada, 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 and all that stuff. And also... I mean, I also feel like if any other team was in the position that Optic is, where they won plenty of matches online, they get all the way to third, uh, and they take phase to a game five and lose, uh, who's a very good team. Like, if any other team made it there basically strictly on the back of respawn, Mm -hmm. you'd probably look at that team and be like, well, that's a really good building block. Like, they're incredible at respawn. Just a little improvement in search to just slightly put like an uptick to your win rate, and you'll be rolling through teams. Like, I think a lot of people would be very positive and they would be saying very positive things. Like let's say that let's say you took optics weekend and their hard point record and their control record and stuff. And you put the tag of Boston. Uh-huh. on them. You, you, they were the Boston breach and you showed that record. They finished third uh, and they were really good in respawn, just struggled in search. I think a lot of people would be like, Oh my God, Boston, like this team's great at respawn. They finished third. Um, just they got to fix their S and D like that. They could do that. A lot of people would be positive about them, but because it's optic, we seem to have this panic narrative. Uh, and I get it. 
the comparison is weird because Optic's roster is obviously more talented than Boston, and Optic um, has one of the most talented rosters in the league. So, like, people think they got to win right away. But are we really going to sit here and pretend like the rosters of Toronto and FaZe that finish in front of them aren't also as talented, if not more talented? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, pure talent-wise, I think FaZe is probably still the most talented team in the league. Toronto's team works just a lot better right now, and their talent is also very, very high. Not saying Toronto's talent's not not up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you're finishing below a, a Toronto team that their talent level is incredible and their teamwork is the best in the game right now. And FaZe, whose trio is like the most successful average placing trio to ever form in Call of Duty. Yep. Right, let's pump the brakes. If Optic struggles this major, sure. Let's talk about it. It it could be a bad sign, but I'm just not ready to hit the panic button on a team that finished third like some of these people are. Yeah, I'm not either at all. In that case, you know, I'm picking uh, Texas, same as you, 3-1, and I'll put two points on it. Oh, I'm very intrigued for this match because also it, it we'll see what Thieves does. I, I'm i not in love with the roster change from Thieves. We talked about it. I love Avro as a player, but I do think he should have been the, the SMG getting replaced. Uh, I think Cammy, his time was up, and I do like the Nasty pickup, but I'm not like fully convinced that Nasty uh, and Kremp being inserted into this roster is going to like instantly make them good enough to beat optic. I do think we'll see an improvement. I just don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be enough to take a, a top team like optic. I will be interested to see how thieves plays against, uh, more like middle of the pack teams. Cause if we let's look at their schedule quick, they're playing, uh, obviously optic and then they get Miami, um, Minnesota, Atlanta, Vegas, LAG and Ultra. So obviously they play like Ultra Phase and Optic, but they have LAG, Vegas, um, Miami in there. Like mm-hmm. some pretty pretty winnable matches in Rocker. So some pretty winnable matches this stage. I'll be really interested in, especially in those four matches, to see how LAT can shake up. I mean, they have four middle of the pack teams they play, or even more bottom teams they play. If they're able to win three of those four. They, I mean, three wins at this point gets you into winners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll be interested to see how LAT can do against those because I do think the team can improve. Um, but obviously, if they can pull off an upset against one of our top three teams that they play, that would be huge for them. Yeah, it'd be a good building block for that team. I mean, and LAT's in the exact opposite boat. Um, however, obviously, the concerns for LAT are much higher than Optic because A, they weren't winning any matches, so your concerns going to be higher. B, their talent's not nearly as high as Optic. And C, it's harder to improve hardpoint in general mm-hmm. than it is to improve S and D. Like a lot of team, a lot of times we will see teams that are not very good at hardpoint. It tends to be a struggle for the entire season. Doesn't seem like you can improve it like a ton. Uh, teams that struggle in S and D, do they always improve? Absolutely not. Sometimes they just suck. But I feel like it is an easier game mode to improve on. Yeah, because <clears throat> it's a lot less about like pacing and everything, and just more about getting good strategies and like learning how to play off each other. Where Hard point, if you just have pacing off with your team and you don't make the right roster change, the pacing's going to continue to be off and you just might might not have the talent. Yeah. But like, LAT, it's like, good lord, win a hard point and they wouldn't even be that bad. Their record in like control at S&D is like close to 500. Like if yeah, they were even like an okay hard point team, they would be like a middle of the pack team maybe, but they just can't win a damn hard point. Yeah. They're struggling big time in that mode. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's obviously all they're looking at in this roster change. They're like, we just need to be able to win a hard point, please. Yep, I agree with that. 
All right. You got anything else before we uh, end up wrapping this one up here? Uh, no, just you know, excited to get back to the Call of Duty, you know, watching, see how the teams do, and you know, play some more ranked play, you know. And that's about it for me. <laughs> I would fully agree with that. I'm excited to watch some more matches, play a little ranked. I'm excited for those new maps to potentially come in uh, next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for this one, though. If you guys enjoyed, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. If you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow, drop a five-star review. Like I said, we really appreciate your guys' support last week. Uh, the tier list and uh, like major predictions typically tend to do the best for us, but you guys crushed it almost like 2,000 views um, just on YouTube alone for that tier list. And tons of likes, tons of interaction. Um, we really appreciate the support. Those videos are really fun to do, so it's nice to see that you guys also enjoy them. Um, hopefully you guys enjoy this one as well. Excited to have matches back and excited to be uh, back here next week talking to you guys about the results from those matches uh, and make predictions again. So we appreciate all the support as always. We really, really, really do. It means a lot. Um, and thank you guys so much for watching and we will see you in the next one.